0: Mediated Conversation on SAFM. Good morning. Time for your Mediated Conversation this Wednesday morning. There was another protest yesterday in the Pretia Glen area in Soweto. It appeared to involve taxi drivers and people who drive e-hailing or Uber taxis. It comes after several cars belonging to e-hailing drivers who set on fire at Mapponia Moor last week. As you heard earlier today, Kenny Kunene, the member of the Merrill Committee for Transport in the city of Joburg, said that one of the cars that was attacked last week was in fact not an e-hailing service at all there's several issues here some people blame the fact that minibus taxi drivers refuse to let anyone else operate a taxi service near those moors others say the real problem is that the president has not signed into law a new bill to regulate the way these taxi drivers operate the e-hailing drivers that is the minibus taxi industry as i understand it denies that their members are involved in this kunene told us this morning that there have been claims that a third force is involved. There's plenty of finger-pointing and from what I can see. Unfortunately, there's plenty of violence as well. So then, what's the root cause of this, and what will it take for it to stop happening again? First this morning, Melitemba Mguni is from the E-Hailing Partners Council, representing the drivers for Bolt and Uber. Then, from the South African National Taxi Council, their spokesperson, Rebecca Parla, And finally, from the Transport Department, Colin M. the spokesperson for the National Transport Department. That is, there's a whole conversation here around regulation. We start then with, from the e hailing partners council, Melitembra Nguni. melitemba good morning. Thanks for your time.
1: Morning, Stephen, and morning to the
0: listeners. What kind of attacks have your members faced in Soweto? I'm sorry, come okay. again. What attacks have your members faced in Soweto?
1: Um, We've had uh, e-hailing vehicles being vandalised, broken, and torched. Um, These incidents have happened mainly in the malls. That includes Chabulani Mall, Maponya Mall, and Proteakel
0: Mall. When did this start? Was it only last week? Or was something brewing before that? Was something happening before that?
1: Um, We've had incidents before, but it is only escalated to this manner now. So what we've had before was just extortion, just people approaching, inhaling cars, stopping them from operating, chasing them from malls, and so forth. But it hadn't got to the extent of violence that we have seen lately. So this phenomenon only started, I think, two weeks or a, a week ago.
0: It seems very similar to what happened around, say, Oatambo International Airport or parts of Santon. Uh, Is it the same kind of thing, where people suddenly are attacking your members?
1: It is uh, definitely an attack. What we don't know is where it's coming from. Um, We are still trying to understand why, um, uh, because the other thing is that on the table with the counterparts, things seem to be okay, Uh, we seem to be finding each other, but then on the ground, it becomes different. That's why we are not able to say on our side, it's our counterpart because we feel like there is a common understanding um, that the issues are beyond us, but rather from the government that has failed to play its part in regulating the space and making sure that the ground is level between the,
0: the players. Okay, I'm going to come to government in a minute. Do you believe it's the minibus taxi industry who's attacking you? I believe it is them. Do you believe it is?
1: Um, you're pushing me to a corner that I don't want to go. Um, you know, you, 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 you shouldn't say it's someone when you don't have proof. Okay. Um, for now, it's just allegations. If those that are attacking us. For me, I think it's cowardice of them because they are faceless. They are not showing up. If it was someone uh, who is trying to send a message, unfortunately, the message hasn't come to us because we don't know who they are and what they're trying to achieve.
0: Okay, I understand your position. You spoke about regulation of your industry by government. Is there a problem with no proper regulation? Is that at the centre of this?
1: It is definitely at the centre of this because remember, regulations uh, firstly it does it introduce. Uh, e-hailing into the transport ecosystem. Because right now, the a legitimate equation. And also, again, with lack of regulation uh, probably on e-hailing, it leaves the ground not level. Because what is required or expected from other counterparts somehow it's, 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 it's currently not on e-hailing. And government has failed not only because the amendment bill has, hasn't been promulgated and signed into law, there is a practice not that allows government to regulate this, the space. But they failed to do so. We've initiated a transport licensing committee whereby interim regulations can be done to guide on how e-hailing operates and coexists within the space. We've gone to an extent of signing a memorandum of agreement with Santaco and NTA. Government, as the facilitator of that process, failed to enhance it and make it a success. So, so there is a failure, political will, around e-hailing matters.
0: What kind of regulation would you like to see? What do you think that regulation should aim to do?
1: So, Regulations should aim in, uh, to do compliance. So there are compliance issues uh, that are left within the e-hailing space. When you look at the e-hailing app companies, you, you, you cannot properly identify them as to who they are. So there are certain times where they come and say, we, we can take responsibility. There are times where they just fold their arms and say, we are tech companies. But when you look deeper, they control everything around the, 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 the operations. Right now, in terms of compliance, in terms of how operators operate and, and do business, the pricing and everything. To have this conflict, it's because of the F companies, how they, 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 they operate and conduct themselves. And at the center of it, they control drivers in everything.
0: So then does government need to be a bit more assertive when it comes to managing Uber in South Africa and Bolt in South Africa? These are foreign-owned companies. Government needs to play a bigger role in regulation is what you're saying. And would you accept more regulation?
1: Uh, Definitely, Stephen, because if you look, generally there's issue of safety within the platforms. But right now, no one can hold these app companies to account because there is no regulation that forces them to have driver safety, user safety within their platforms. They can just sign a a Stephen without vetting Stephen. There is no responsibility for them to vet. Regulations comes with compliance for them to say, the people that you sign on your platform, whether as a driver or as as a passenger, that person must be vetted. Currently, there is no regulation that, that holds them to account. Hence, you would find them not taking any responsibility. Even when matters happen, currently with all these studies happening, they don't show up. Government calls them to the table. We had a mediation process. They had to be begged to participate where they say they are not interested and nothing happens to them. So regulations will bring them to book and allow accountability for the operations that they are carrying out.
0: Mary Tembram Guni, thank you very much indeed. From the e-hailing Partners Council, you with SFM. Your mediated conversation continues 19 minutes to 9 about the attacks on e-hailing taxis. Rebecca Parler is a spokesperson for the South African National Taxi Council. Rebecca, good morning.
2: Stephen, hi, and to your listeners.
0: Are your members involved, uh, members of the taxi industry involved in this violence against e-hailing taxis in Soweto? I must
2: first say that we're very. It's essentially very unhappy that you've already said that you believe that our members are, especially because this particular matter that we're discussing in relation to what's happened at um, Mall as well as Lane is a subject of police investigations, and we wouldn't want to then comment on that when police are doing their own investigations. There hasn't been any proof to this effect that suggests to us that our members are involved in that particular matter, and we would really ask that everyone should be patient enough with police to do their investigations before any pronouncements are made.
0: It is always you. Let's just be very clear. It is always you. It is your members that stop ordinary passenger cars from driving through certain areas. It is always you. Do you see why I say that? It is, let me be clear, it is always the taxi industry that does this.
2: Perhaps then we should put that into perspective and I think the colleagues from the e-hailing sector who spoke before you told you about the challenge that we're having about regulation. As far as we understand, the National Land Transport Act, which is essentially guiding how... Rebecca, you've
0: just moved away from your denial. You've just moved away from it.
2: What do you mean, Stephen?
0: When I said to you now, it is always you, it is always your industry involved in this violence, you suddenly started, let me finish, you suddenly started criticising government for lack of regulation. So you're moving from your denial.
2: No, no, I'm not moving from my denial, Stephen. Remember, we're talking about particularly what happened just recently, those incidents. I'm saying to you that there's no evidence at this point that suggests that it is our members. But I'm also saying to you that this is a subject of police investigation and we should allow for police to do their work without really making public statements and essentially choosing sides when we were not there and we don't know what happened. But I'm also explaining to you to say these incidents keep coming up because we continue to operate in an industry where we've got these new companies that are operating on routes and yet legally we can't explain exactly how and according to what act are they operating? So I'm telling you, I'm giving you context to say we are having these unfortunate incidents that are happening on a daily basis, Stephen, because law is non-existent in relation to these matters. And unfortunately, then taxi drivers find, them in, find themselves in instances where people literally approach their commuters who are headed to taxi ranks to say, I can give you a ride at a later rate and we're not certain who these people are, where they belong, because there's no regulation.
0: Okay, so then your members are taking the law into their own hands. That's what it sounds like.
2: They're not. What our members are doing is they're not going to have people literally coming into their jurisdiction, the areas that they are legally allowed to operate in, and essentially take people from them. And that does not in any way mean that we're saying that they should be violent in it. It's very unfortunate, and we truly condemn violence in all its forms. And that's the messaging that we continuously, through our association, tell that our drivers should always desist from. As and when it happens, it's very unfortunate. But we should not ever want to say, particularly with regards to the recent incidents, immediately say that with certainty it's taxi drivers, especially when there's no evidence that proves that to be accurate. So it is unfortunate that violence happens, and in some instances, it's been found that our members are involved, but it shouldn't then mean that we are literally saying to our members that they should take like law into their own hands. We're not. We're not oblivious to the reality that the public transport sector is growing on a daily. And in fact, we are also not opposed to the idea of an integrated public transport sector. And that's why we're agitating for government to really show urgency and deal with this issue of regulation as soon as possible, so that everyone understands what their jurisdiction is, and how far they can go with their operation.
0: Do you see e-hailing drivers as threatening your industry? Are they taking your business?
2: They're not. We see them as colleagues who we understand are catering to the different needs of South Africans who prefer public transport.
0: So then why are you complaining that they're operating without regulation? The only reason you would complain is that they're taking your business.
2: We are patriotic before anything, Stephen. <laughs> we have instances on a daily in this country where, through a hailing vehicle, we've heard reports of women being raped. A lot of things happening. We cannot have a situation where the public transport sector, which we operate in, is starting to be known to be prone to violence, to being prone to the exacerbation of the challenges that we have in this country, where centrally to which is the challenge of crime. And so we're not going to sit back and fold our arms and say, because they are not taxi drivers, we're not going to do anything, especially because they're in a terrain that we are a part of.
0: Rebecca, I don't think you can have it both ways. You can't say on the one hand that you're fighting gender-based violence and on the other hand denying that you're taking the law into into your own hands. You can't have it both ways here.
2: We are actually telling you that that's exactly what's happening. Steven. We're not oblivious to the realities of what's happening in the country. But I want to equally reiterate that it's very problematic that you keep wanting to cement this narrative that we take law into the, our own hands. As if that's the messaging that we tell our listeners and guides that well, our commuters and drivers to partake in on a daily basis. So that's not true. It is not true. We've got a project, it's, tra- it's called Trocamella, where we continuously urge our drivers and our owners to particularly desist from violence. When such incidents happen where drivers are found to be partaking in violent acts, we always reiterate that we respect law enforcement, and these people should be brought to book. But it shouldn't then be labeled as though now this is a project of the taxi industry who are literally guiding and promoting violence within our operations, because it's not true.
0: Right. I've given you a lot of time to respond to it all. Let's see if we can find some common ground. What do you believe government should be doing? What kind of regulation should we have? Would you accept uh, e-hailing drivers and minibus taxis operating from the same shopping mall?
2: Yes. We've already said that we appreciate the integrated nature that is happening in the public transport sector. We don't have a problem with them operating where we're operating. Secondly, the National Land Transport Act in its current form does not make mention and or accommodate e-hailing sector. We need government to finalize the bill that you spoke of in the preamble when you started this segment. It needs to be finalized. Those public comments need to be taken into consideration. And ideally, they should treat it with the sense of urgency that it deserves. And we need to make sure that we fully understand who is operating where and what are just the jurisdictions that needs to be understood. So that's what we want government to do.
0: So you want governments to properly regulate, and you will accept the regulation, you will comply with it, and uh, you will will obviously also expect the police to do their work in this? Of course. Thank you very much indeed. Rebecca Parla, the chair, the spokesperson, excuse me, thank you for the engagement of the South African National Taxi Council. In a moment, from the National Transport Department, their spokesperson, Colin McB. Mediated Conversation on SAFM. Your Mediated Conversation continues about the attacks on e-hailing services in Soweto. Colin Namsibi is the spokesperson for the National Department of Transport. Colin, good morning. Thanks for your time.
3: Uh, good morning, Stephen, and thanks for having
0: us. I presume as the department you condemn the violence which is being used here. I don't know if you have a view on who did it, but I presume you condemn the violence.
3: Well, indeed, uh, we condemn uh, the violence. Uh, but we also want to say, uh, the national taxi Lihot, that the taxi industry uh, in, in 2020 came out strongly against uh, the violence, particularly those who want to uh, create this destructive competition between the operators. So we, as government, will also come out strongly to condemn it. Uh, we believe that it is a matter that is in the purview of uh, the South African police. It's the matter that they are dealing with. We do not want to point anything else to uh, any specific uh, uh, sector of of the industry. So we are saying that let's leave the matter to the police. So that they are the ones who then say these are the perpetrators of this violence.
0: Okay. Um... So we know the provincial government regulates the minibus taxi industry, as I understand it. They're the ones who assign routes. What's supposed to happen with e-hailing taxis? I know there's also a role for local government. How are e-hailing taxis supposed to be regulated by you?
3: Well, uh, there are two um, um, issues there, Stephen. The the first is that when the e-hailing came into being, we never anticipated that it was going to be such a big uh, uh, industry. So we've had to come up with a plan to say how do we, in the interim, uh, regulate. And the the previous speaker spoke about the issue of the practice note. So the practice note basically says to the provinces, you've got to find a way through your provincial uh, regulatory entities to issue operating licenses. So we've had to categorize what e-hailing is about. So we, we came to a conclusion that it is a charter service. So they are issuing the operating licenses for charter service, and that is what basically the entities are doing in the interim. But the second part of it is that there is this bill, uh, the amendment bill to the NLTA, that is before parliament as we speak. So that is basically the part that is going to be permanently regulate the, the, the industry. Uh, at the moment, the NLTA is very silent on the issues of which so, which is why we had to go to parliament on it. So... There's been delays. I think we're the first to admit that it has taken too long for it to happen. Uh, but we are at the last hurdle of it. At the moment, it is before uh, the NCOP. They have had to go to the provinces to consult. The last consultation is happening on the 9th, and thereafter it goes back, and there it then goes to, 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 to the president for signing. So th- that is basically going to introduce the regulations. We've already started drafting the regulations, but we're going to consult with the industry. But it have got to regulate issues of standard, the requirements, uh, the, the issues of the, the pricing. The pricing is also a problem because once you, you say government must regulate the pricing, then you're going to run into problems with the competition commission because the, the competition amongst the, the operators, it basically is healthy for the users. So we wouldn't want to venture into that, but there isn't an issue when they raise it, so that it becomes part of the regulation. It is part of the consultation that we need to have. So once this the act the bill is passed. For us, it's going to be then easy to then uh, start moving with the regulations and consulting with the industry.
0: Okay, so that's going to all happen, you say now, uh, quite quickly or hopefully quite quickly. Um, what how, is that going to then say, this is what e-hailing taxis can do and this is what minibus taxis can do and this is where these people can operate from and this is where those people can operate from? Presumably, there should be space at a shopping mall for everyone to operate because these do really operate in different markets.
3: Yes, indeed. I think that's already happening. Um, uh, uh, the 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 space as to where the uh, the various uh, areas of the public transport should operate is, is, is quite clear. But the regulations is even going to make it more crystal clear in terms of what is required specifically with the e hailing the other areas is quite clear the regulation is there even though there is obviously issues of illegal operators we also expect with the e hailing that you may find those who operate without operating licenses so the regulation must be very loud in terms of what should happen with those who are operating illegal so those are the things that we hope the regulations we're going to deal with, including the issues of safety and, and security. How is that supposed to be dealt with? So we're hoping that with the act uh, uh, coming into being in terms of uh, now being very clear in terms of the e-heading, we're going to basically deal with the issues of uh, the, the this particular service, the charter service, and in terms of what they should be doing and how they... But it also is a matter of the safety because... Part of what's been a problem is the safety around issues of e-hailing and people who are using it and women and so forth. So we need to be clear in terms of what is it that needs to be done around that, but including the protection of the the drivers of of the e-hailing services in terms of what is it that government should do around that.
0: I mean, one of the key issues around safety is how to stop someone who's been convicted of an offence or someone who's a criminal from driving and operating one of these cars. And that's actually quite hard to do unless you get to a point where every single person on these uh, platforms has to be uh, vetted in a certain way. And then you'll have an argument about who has to do the vetting.
3: Yes. So th- those are things that we, we, we need to clear. I think we it needs to be Pointed out as to who takes the responsibility for that is either the 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 companies who are running the service, uh, which we think they should. uh, But of course, when they come for operating license, that should be pointed out as to who operates this particular car and is the person being vetted. So those are things that we need to look into. And the devil is in the detail in terms of how it should happen. But at this point. With the bill before Parliament, it's, it's, it's quite difficult to then preempt what this, uh, the regulations are supposed to be saying, because we also need to take into account the public comments that are going to come in terms of the regulations, including the industry itself, what are they going to say in their suggestions.
0: Is, I mean, so the regulation, I, I, I completely agree and accept that we need to have a lot more regulation in this and that this needs to be sorted out. And I accept that this bill is coming. Is it actually going to be possible to enforce? Because we have laws around minibus taxis. We know they often aren't enforced. We have laws around uh, just ordinary people driving. They often aren't enforced. Colin, um, are you expecting this to be possible to enforce? There's no point in having the best regulation ever if it can't be enforced.
3: Well, of course, the, the issue of enforcement uh, then, that's when we, we, we bring in our our traffic enforcement uh, authorities because they need to ensure, therefore, that um, whatever is in the regulation is, is enforced on the ground. So we rely on the law enforcement agencies to, to work with us. It has been a difficult journey when it comes to the uh, taxi industry in particular with the uh, unsafe vehicles and so forth, But They get there, but we work together with the taxi industry on that front. So we we hope that even with the e-hailing, same uh, uh, thing will happen. But uh, just to answer your question, it is the law enforcement uh, authorities who must then assist us to to enforce. We don't have those powers as such as a department. We then rely on the provinces and uh, RTMC to assist us to enforce.
0: Colin Mcebe, thank you very much indeed. Spokesperson for the National Transport Department. Really do appreciate the time this morning. My thanks also to Rebecca Pala, the spokesperson for the South African National Taxi Council. I look forward to us talking again. Mili Mguni is from the E-Hailing Partners Council. Now, just to remind you, there is that meeting at 10 o'clock this morning uh, at the Cliptown Police Station. We expect all the various role players to be involved there. Kenny Konene, the uh, councillor, the member of the Mayoral Committee for uh, Transport in the City of Drebig, says there have been suggestions of a third force in all of this. Let's see how it all plays out today. There'll be a lot of other issues coming up this morning. Of course, we also expect a decision in the case involving uh, former President Jacob Zuma's attempted private prosecution of the advocate, the prosecuting advocate, Billy Downer, and the journalist Karen Morn. We will see you uh, bright and early tomorrow morning from Mdul Stanza Banyana and Paul, myself. Look after yourself. Have a good Wednesday and we will see you tomorrow.